Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode one of On Her Majesty's Secret Chef Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ryori Sentai Chef Ranger. Dave, Dave, I'm excited about this one. I am deeply excited about this. Um, so as Matt said, we are not. Uh, we're. I'm not sure when we're. It's like, it's like mid January recording this. You'll kind of hear it when you hear it. Um, we just found this. Um, big thanks to uh, Matt and Michael from Ranger Danger. They found this. They sent it our way. Uh, I don't know where they found it. Uh, I did do a little bit of digging. So mm-hmm. here's the deal. This is not... Okay, it's sort of a Toei Sentai. Yes. Like, it, I, I, like it, it's it, produ- it was produced... Like, they made some deal with Toei... But it okay. is, it's not like the Saturday morning Super Sentai series like for that year. It's like a it's like a franchise or something. Okay, okay. So this um, is sort of like, and obviously this was a, a sort of a, a whole different decade of when that happened. But this is like when Toei co-produced Japanese Spider-Man. Yes! Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's largely the case. Um, this was done with like... There's a name for it, I don't know, but it is a, it's only like sort of aimed at kids. It's sort of aimed at adults, I feel like, um, because it doesn't air, it airs on like the Japanese version of the Food Network. Yeah, which, and again, I, I apologize for not, we, I should have done a little more research into this before we started. But, um, so yeah, that is sort of what we are looking at here now. Here's the other weird thing about this. I don't know how long this ran. I have um, no idea. And I don't know and I don't know how many episodes there are. I do know that the episode that we have is not the first episode, right? Yeah. Um yeah. I looked around for it. I couldn't find it. So, uh it's I think it's like episode 12 or something. So there's okay. at least 12 episodes. We we know that much. Okay, so if it's episode 12, I can assume that they're kind of established, but they don't have a sixth ranger yet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we're going to skip the five stars this week. We just really want to dig. (laughs) Right. Well, and also, I mean, listen, if we're recording this in January and it comes out in July, like any like topical things we talk about in the five stars are not going to work. I'm super excited about seeing Captain Marvel is coming out soonish. Oh yeah, that is coming out soon. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Dude, I still haven't even seen Spider Verse. I okay, this is not. This cannot be. Matt talks about movies he hasn't seen. When in fact, what we should be talking about, Dave, is this episode of very good TV that I did see. Okay, so um, I feel like we should talk through the opening at least a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. The song is, it's good. I don't think it's the it's the best song ever. They went with like I think maybe they're trying to like not be quite as totally kid oriented because they went with like like a smooth like a smooth rock not like slow jam but like power jam. It's a little power ballady, yeah. It, oh, um. sorry. Um, this show is from I th- I think it's two thousand and six. Okay. Yeah. So and like you can tell, like there's some CGI and it's like it's, you can tell that it's CGI and like it's not amazing, but yeah, like Yeah, cuz I think I think Toei started doing like some rough CGI stuff in I think we're actually going to be coming up on it soon in our main series. It, it happened in like 2000 2001. Yeah. I know there's CGI in Time Ranger. Yes. Uh yeah, I think so. So there is some CGI. It's from like 2006 or so. But yeah, they went with like there's like a like some keyboard and synth, and there's like some big guitars, and it's like sort of a I have no idea what they're saying. Um, it's sort of a power ballady power jam, uh, which is kind of amazing. So we open up and we see this giant uh, edifice. It's like super fancy, and uh, it's like a hotel, I think. Um, yeah, we what, actually, sorry, we know it's a hotel because we're going to see the hotel later on. But like, it's a super fancy hotel. Right. What I like about this is that they didn't find a different building to use as the shooting location. Every time there's an external shot of this building, at least in this episode, 
it is very like this is an example of CGI that they have used. They just like have them. It's like kind of in uh, Ghostbusters when they all when they pan back to show like the building in Ghostbusters, but it's clearly not a real New York building. Right. <laughs> it's that, but like 2006 television CGI. So and like you know they try to fancy it up with a bunch of like spotlights on it, but it is. It's, it's not great. No, I mean it's it works okay because it's just a big box. It's not like a super fancy building, but right. uh, but it does let them do a cool shot because they can like zoom right in, sort of like, and you see like the front doors open, and then like the camera like zooms past the lot. So think of like um, Mystery Science Theater where you're like going through all the doors, yeah, uh, and so it goes and it goes like through the thing, like through the or through the lobby. Then, like, into a ballroom, then, like, through a ballroom, into, like, a back room, and then into the kitchen. There, there is a moment in the course of that shot where, as the camera goes into the building, it passes by a doorman. And, Dave, I want to know more about this doorman. I hope that he's not just in that shot. Like, he's not... If he's in this episode, he is not in my notes, other than this one moment... But, like, the look he is giving the camera as it goes by makes me feel like he would be a delight. <laughs> um, yeah, he is, ju- like, I just don't know that anybody has ever been as, like, both excited and, like, eager to serve as a doorman. Um, mm-hmm. He's just beaming. But also, like, he's, like, happy... But, like, stoic at the same time. Right, um, he is exuberant to help you, but he knows that his job is is meant to be very, like, non-gregarious. And so, it like, there is a war of emotions on his face in that moment the camera goes by. Uh, yeah, so, like I said, we go through... Oh, sorry, there are some ballroom dancers that are, like, mm-hmm. doing a thing, like, on a dance floor. And there's, like, people around them that are, like, seating in tables and, like, applauding. And then we're into the kitchen. Sorry. Uh, so, when we go into the kitchen, we get a couple of, like quick pan shots um and it's sort of like what's the best way to say it um th- it's like the opening to SNL basically like we're going to see each of the rangers like doing their thing and then they're going to like look up at the camera and like kind of smile and then go kind of go back to to doing something else oh you mean the opening to SNL where it's always like one of the cast members getting oh, out yeah, of yeah, yeah. Sorry, taxi the opening. cab. Not like, this is not a sketch comedy show. Like, the yeah, the opening things at SNL, where they're like, <laughs> walking around New York City, and they just happen to run into, like, Keenan Thompson. Right. So, um, or um, maybe it is a little bit like the ending credits of The Predator. Do you remember how in the end credits of The Predator, all of the characters who had been horribly murdered by The Predator have a moment where, in the credits, they sort of, like, look up to the camera and smile and wink? I do not remember that. I Man, feel like you got to rewatch Predator. If they used, I should. It was if they used like the moment of their death by Predator. <laughs> um, well, not everybody gets an on-screen death in that movie. Uh, so, anyways, and well, like we see uh, the and they're all wearing like chefs' clothes, but in their appropriate colors. Like obviously, uh, we'll kind of go into to who they all are in a minute. Um, but you know, they're like cutting stuff and boiling stuff and like using rolling pins and they're going to be like cooking stuff. There's a walk, there's some flame coming out around it, you know. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then we do get a great shot of, uh, who who will find out is, uh, the mentor character and he is, he's the only one in like chef's whites and this dude is wearing like an almost, an almost impossibly tall, uh, toque. Uh, which is the chef's hat. Thank you. Um, I, I, I knew that hat had a name, but I was not going to be able to pull it. Yeah. Um, so this thing is, it's a solid, it's got to be two and a half feet tall. <laughs> um, it's incredible. And he is sort of like looking, like he's just standing there. He doesn't have anything with him. He's just standing there with his arms folded, sort of looking out, uh, looking out across his kitchen, um, approvingly, like approving, but also stern. It's a great... It's a great shot. Um, we go from there, and then we see like we we see up in space, and we see the monsters, and they are all seated around a table, and uh, you know there we'll kind of get into them in a minute as well. 
and they are sort of like looking evil, but they are all reading menus, which is a fantastic juxtaposition. Um, and then we get some like action shots, like pretty, yeah, like, you yeah. know, there's always action shots, right? Like, so we see the Rangers and like they're fighting and they're fighting some like bad guys and, and blah, right. blah, blah, blah. They're fighting on the beach. They're fighting in the quarry. There's an explosion. Right. Everyone looks at the camera. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. Um, okay. So let's just get into the episode. Uh, it's a little bit weird. Cause like I said, this is episode 12. I think it's 12. Um, it's episode 12, so we're just sort of diving in. And there's some stuff that makes sense to us because we know how Sentai works. And there's some stuff that clearly they have established beforehand and does not make sense to us, but we're just going to roll with it. Yeah, we, so, we're uh, here to do our best for you, the listener. Yeah. So should we just run over the Rangers right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's five Rangers. Um, the Red Ranger is obviously... Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Kome. Okay, well, all of the characters are Japanese. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, we should say, they're all Japanese, but they're all like different, um, different all, like international cuisines. Yeah, they all cook with a different style. So it's sort of like Battle Fever J, but with cooking instead of dancing. So the Red Chef, Red Chef? Red Ranger? Red Chef. So the Red Chef's name is uh, Kome. Uh, the Green Chef's name is uh, Yuriko. And mm-hmm. she is uh, Indian, Indian food. Yeah, the uh, the yellow chef is the Chinese chef, and his name is Chen. Yep. Uh, the Italian chef is a lady, and she her name is uh, Masako. And then the blue chef is French, and his name is Hiroyuki. Yeah. I, so think, I think we got those down right. Yeah, so we'll we'll try to intersperse and just refer to them by color and name, and, and hopefully it all makes sense to you. Um, so we open up on the restaurant, like, obviously, and um, it's just Kome, and he's making, like, dumplings or something. And, uh, oh, man. Weirdly, not the first... Um... <laughs> Yeah, not show the we've fir- had with a Red Ranger who's really into making dumplings. Uh, no, I guess. Listen, dumplings are super delicious. Um, I <sighs> will I really want some dumplings now. I know, right? Do, like when I if I ever go to like a Chinese buffet, like my prime determiner of whether or not I will go back is how good the dumplings are and how quickly do they bring them out. Yeah, so uh, Kome is making dumplings, and she- oh, we find out the head chef's name is uh, Chef Kaka. Yeah. So he walks up, and what's awesome is that he's got, like, six people behind him. Like, that are all also wearing chef's whites, that all have, like, clipboards and everything, and mm-hmm. are, like, trying to talk to him, and he just does not acknowledge their existence at all. And also what is fun is that, like, his hat is taller than anyone else's hat. Not only in this room, but maybe in the world. But he also is a pretty tall guy. And all of his, like... Like, this train of people are all particularly short dudes. And also their hats are shorter. And so it just gives this really great image of, like... Sort of like a duck being followed around by, like, ducklings (laughs) a little bit. Um, Sorry, every time we see Chef Kaga... This is the case. Like, every time this dude walks on screen in this kitchen, there are people trailing behind him. He does not talk to them ever, as far, at least in this episode. And he just goes over, like, does whatever it is, like, that he is, is planning on doing. Um, so he walks over to Kome, and he says, like, he says something about the dumplings. He's like, ah, the dump, like, blah, 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 these dumplings. And then, like, a moment of... There's like a moment between them. Like, Kome looks up, and he looks slightly startled. Uh, so clearly whatever Kaga has said is some sort of code, I guess, uh, for like, go do, like, go do a thing. And then he just walks away. Like, right. trailed by these six people, again, whom he does not acknowledge. Uh, Kome, as soon as he, like, as soon as Chef Kaga is sort of, like, off screen, just, like, turns around 
and like strides purposefully towards the back of the kitchen. And then he just walks into the walk-in. Sorry, if you've never worked in a restaurant, like a walk-in, like a walk-in freeze, like a walk-in fridge. It's just yeah. like a fridge that's like the size of a room. Um, I was going to say, I, I only very briefly worked in a restaurant, so my, my terminology is not going to be as good as yours in this episode. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, guy, I worked in restaurants for like years. Um, so anyways, he but, goes to the but walk-in. someday, Dave, someday we will watch Retail Ranger, and then <laughs> I'll be the one who knows all this stuff. <laughs> so he like, so he walks into the walk-in. And he just sort of, like, goes over to the one of the racks and, like, reaches behind it and does, like, a thing. Presumably there's, like, a button or a switch. And, like, one of the racks just swings open. And he just, like, walks down these stairs. Yes. And so he has walked from the kitchen into the walk-in through a secret door down some stairs into another kitchen. Right. But this one is clearly, like, a super kitchen. Oh, yeah, because in this one, like, there are chef's knives and stuff all over the place, but they're not the sort of knives you see in a real kitchen. They're the sort of knives that you see in a toy store about a show about superheroes (laughs) who are in a kitchen. Um, Yeah, like, everything is, there's, like, pots and pans and stoves and everything, but everything is, like, brightly colored and has, like, like, big light-up buttons on it. And everything is, like, time and a half as large as it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, Um, these would be nightmare tools to use in a real cooking situation. But for them, it is perfect. Right. If you presumably have ranger super strength? I don't know. Um, So he walks down. uh, And he starts, like, flipping through, like, a cookbook. Yes. Okay. So he's paging through this book. And... Like, each page is set up as though it is a recipe yeah. like in this cookbook, but when you look at it more closely, it is 100% not a recipe. And also, like, the book is weirdly, like, it's only, like, about a third full. Like, the rest yeah. of the pages well, we are all he... kind of, like, blank. Right. Well, I... Well, mostly I think... blank. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, lines and stuff. But all of the, like, the first... A couple of pages are full, and it's monsters. So, and they're all, like, they're all ingredient-related. Um, we didn't see all of them. I just saw the one on the first page, and it was, because um, it is all, of course, in Japanese, except the title heading, which is in English. Because mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be in English? Sure, and, of course. And uh, the first one that you sort of see is um, Poison Tomato Princess, mm-hmm. and she is a... She's a poison. She's a tomato princess. Like, I don't really know how to say it beyond that. Yeah, there's um, there's a page where they're swinging by, and it looks like it's just like a big mean pepper shaker. Yeah, pepper there's, grinder, a pe- rather. Uh, there's a pepper shaker. There was a uh, banana that looked like it had like a giant banana sword. Um, mm-hmm. it, now, he, Dave, again, don't be hasty. It might have been a banana boomerang. It could have been a banana boomerang. Frankly, it could have been a banana boomerang sword. I think we can only hope that that's the case. Um, but anyways, so he gets to the last page, and of course it's not the last page, but like the the last page that doesn't have anything on it. Right. And of course it's blank. And he just sort of like stares at it ruefully like, hmm, <laughs> like what? You know, like what's going to go on this page? Um, I'm getting the vibe that he is very much a, uh, that Komei is very much like a captain sort of Red Ranger rather than, like, a new guy sort of Red Ranger. Like, yeah, he's definitely he, a Ryu rather than a Ryo. Right. Um, he is definitely the dude who is in charge because he knows the most and yeah. not the dude who is in charge just because the show said that he should be or because right. he's most excited about it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Uh, <laughs> like, you just get to be in charge because you're the most excited about it. I mean, um, it does sometimes feel that way, especially in more recent seasons. Yeah. Um, okay. So as he is, as he's standing there, he gets like, he gets like a, a call on his uh, charger, his changer. Mm-hmm. It's just a bracer. It's not like particularly interesting. Um, I guess it's hard to come up with something that's like super chef related. So they just went with like, with like change bracer. Yeah. Which um, is, hey, classic maneuver. I was going to say, like, how many... There's only, like, a few versions of this. You've got, like, cell phone, bracer, uh, 
the samurai Shinkenger had like a had like a cool like paintbrush thing. But that was also a cell phone. That was also it was a cell a phone, cell phone right. that became a paintbrush with which they did some like kanji in the air. Gosh, that's a good show. Uh, okay, so anyways, his like thing rings and then we cut. We cut two. Um, let's see, they're not all there. I think Hiroyuki is there. Yeah, Hiroyuki and... is there, and uh, Chen is there, and Yuriko is there. Mm-hmm. So we've got everybody except Kome, obviously, and Masako. Right. Who is probably still, like, actually the one in the kitchen, like, working and making sure that the business does not collapse. I mean, listen, man, you gotta do those covers. Food yeah. doesn't cook itself. It would be great if in this show eventually they got a sixth ranger, and the sixth ranger was just the guy who actually, like, stayed at home and did, like, covered the shifts so the other ones could do their work. <laughs> he is never... Okay, would it be better if he is not actually a ranger, they just consider him a sixth ranger, or if he is a ranger, but he only uses his, like, ranger super abilities, like, just for purely mundane cooking? I would like that, especially if it became clear very early in the series that he was... Like, so obviously the most powerful of them, but he's also the nicest one and most willing to cover shifts. It's, just, and so, like, like, they always have to work harder in the fight <laughs> because their strongest fighter is just, like, back at home making dishes. And you just, like, there's always a scene where, like, they call him and he's, like, in bed and they're like, can you please cover my shift? And he's like... Oh, of course. Like, of course, Kome-san. Like, I'll go cover your shift for you. And then, like, we never see him again um, in the rest of the episode. So, anyways, um, Chen, Yuriko, and Hiroyuki are out, and they are at some sort of market. It was a market. Um, It is now, like, people are running and screaming, and there are just explosions. Just explosions happening everywhere. Yeah. Uh, We don't really see what's causing uh, the explosions yet. This was, like, a grocery market. Like an yeah, outdoor yeah, yeah, sort of like grocery like market. Like a farmer's market, right? Yeah. So they were going uh, probably to pick up some... I don't I don't know if they were buying enough food to like feed the hotel or if they were just doing their personal shopping. Well, you know, maybe they're there looking for like inspiration, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Or okay. they're seeing like what's on special. Maybe like, oh, we can go and we can do like a trout. Not trout. I don't know. A tomato special because there's lots of tomatoes. I don't know. Um, right. But anyways, they're there shopping, right? Yeah, they're there shopping. Explosions. Yes, and so the camera pulls back from where the explosions are coming from, and there are okay. There's a lot of little dudes and one bigger dude, and I didn't get the bigger guy's name. I get the impression that he's sort of like a Goldar figure, you know? Yeah. This is this is Zydos. This is like the third or fourth in command, like, bad guy who comes right, down this to is Earth Zelmoda, to make a mess. It's, like, it's whatever. Um, uh, he is wearing... Man, how, how would I describe this guy's look? Because it's... he. How do you... He's a monster who looks like an evil front-of-house manager, right? Yeah. So, like, he definitely... He has, like, a suit... But, but it's like, like a pretty intense color pattern. Yes, and also since this was like 2006, you know, he's got like a vest and a tie that are, it's sort of like a metallic. The print is yeah. intense and also like the metallic sheen of the clothes is intense. Oh, sorry. We should say this is not a, um, this is a lot more like the oh my gosh I can't remember the bad guy's names from Die Ranger, um, the, the Goma. Uh, yes, this is like the Goma commanders. He is not in like a full body costume. This is like a human being with like crazy makeup and a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like metallic fabrics, and his face is painted like like stark white. And he's got like, like, like a giant, like a giant black pompadour, mm-hmm. and then like a pencil mustache, um, and then like bright red lips and sunglasses and, like, and sunglasses. Yeah, um, I don't know why he's wearing sunglasses, but he is because he's a and, cool guy. Because he's a cool guy. He's a very cool front of house manager. 
Um, although I will say, I love this dude's look. I do. I am not as interested in him as I am in the minions. Yes, the minions are an extremely good look. It's they're completely insane. Um, so they're they're mostly so like a metallic silvery color, right? Yeah, they're just wearing like sort of gray silver morph suits, mm-hmm. right? Um, and but their faces are like very shiny, like and reflective, and are spoons. Yes, they got they got they got like, spoon heads. They got spoon head faces, and then like one hand is a giant is a big fork, and the other hand is a big knife. And they're just running around like a big just... mean utensil man. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is that like man, okay, in other series, you got like the wumpers, but you can see the wumpers at a bar because they can pick up a glass because they have hands, you know. Right. I guess the well, putties didn't have real hands. Well, I would assume that these hands. can, like, shape change, too. But Maybe. in their, like... Well, I don't know. Like, the Kotopotoros could all shape change, right? Um, They could shape change, like, into people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm assuming the utensilers, which is what I'm calling them, mm-hmm. can, like, turn into people to, like, trick you. And then, like, you turn around and they're, like, stabbing you with their fork hand. Um, which is, like, low-key creepy when you think about it, but whatever. Uh, so the utensils are just going crazy, and the rangers, like, look at each other, and they're like, obviously, they're like, okay, well, we have to, like, we have to do it! Do it! Um, so they, they duck behind a, like, a, a now-abandoned, slightly overturned produce stand, and uh, they they pull up, like, you know, they, they bring their watches up, and they say, oh, gosh, I, I did not write down whether or not they had some sort of, like, a special like, catchphrase that they said when they transformed. Did you have that? Oh, yeah, dude. I can't believe you missed this. They all just call out, we strive for perfection and are happy to serve. Cooking for justice, Ryori Shentai Chef Ranger. That is... I, I Dave, I am also shocked that I missed that one. There was a uh, lot going on. There's a lot happening. Um, okay, so okay, we get the so, henshin sequence. So here's, here's the henshin sequence. They press the button on their watches, right? And then they sort of, like, move... Like, they move their hand down to where previously there had not been a chef's knife. But now there is a chef's knife. There is definitely a chef's knife now. And and they are all holding a piece of food that is indicative of their cuisine style. That also they definitely did not have, like, 30 seconds ago. (laughs) They, They throw those pieces of food up in the air... Do like a single vertical slash with the knives. The the line of their slash becomes like a sort of a glowing energy line. That then when it separates out behind that, they have transformed. Yeah, um, and then and you get like a quick like image behind. So like Chen, there is an image of like a walk with like flame, and then for um. Yuriko, there is just like this, it's like a giant clay pot. And then uh, for Hiroyuki. It's uh, it's like, it's uh, it's more bakery themed, I think, than actual. Like, I, yeah, I think that's the, I think Hiroyuki, like French right. food, like they're talking like mostly bakery. Right. It's um, just a, it's a, it is a, a mountain of baguette. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, like there's also like some cheese and wine in there too, but like. They, they went with it's, the most obvious choice. They went choice. with the baguette. Um, so let's talk about their looks real quickly. So as we mentioned, um, Chen is uh, is the Chinese Chinese food ranger. And their outfits are kind of amazing because they're like, they're like vaguely, they look kind of military-ish because like that's what a chef's jacket looks like it looks like a military jacket but from like the 1800s or something yeah it's so really what you great s- because they had they had a really cool opportunity in this show because like chef's outfits are already a thing so they had something that they could go off of yeah so they are all color-coded obviously and there's like there's like a like there's a line that indicates that looks like it this is like oh this is like a double-breasted coat with like a line of buttons down the front Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the bottom which, half. Which, like, in this instance, kind of looks more like like a Winter Soldier outfit. Yeah, Like, as it, it gets does. translated into, like, a Sentai uniform. But it works. And it, and it, it still visually work. reads like Chef. Um, And then, like, the bottom, like, their pants are just, like, their color and white check. Mm-hmm. Down into down into their boots, which seems weird unless you know that like chefs just wear checked pants. I don't actually know why that's a thing, but it is. Really? Yeah. Like if you like if you yeah, chefs just wear checked pants. It's like a thing. All um, right. Maybe all she- chefs love ska. Man, I don't know. Uh, so we see their helmets and Chen's helmet. Like, it's obviously, like, it's yellow, um, and his faceplate is, like, a big circle with, like, a line coming off, like, the bottom left-hand side, and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a walk. Yeah, Hiroyuki's faceplate, like, it's mostly a rectangle, but then at both ends, like, where the rectangle ends, there's, like other bits coming off the side of it, sort of, like, going back towards, like, his temples. And we are, like, I was trying to Google this to figure it out, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a rolling pin. Yeah, I think it's definitely a rolling pin. Um, I mean, like, what else? I, not, man, I guess I don't what know. else would it, would it be? <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Yuriko's is like it's also sort of vertical. Um, it's it's kind of fun. It makes her look really surprised because it's like one big circle and then like a thinner line that runs across. I think it's supposed to be like a like some sort of like long like ladle sort of thing, but it does just make it look like she has one eye open very very wide. <laughs> um. So they all pull out their sidearms, which are chef's knives. Right. They are chef's knives that also, like, you turn the blade sideways a little bit, and now it's a gun that shoots lasers. Chef lasers, I guess. Naturally. Um, So, so like, they run out, and they are fighting with um, the the Mater D, or whatever his name is. He sort of, like, leaves semi-immediately. Like, when there's danger, like, that dude is, that dude's out. Yeah. Yeah. and he is just here as the personnel manager. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just front of house. He doesn't handle any of this. So um, they're fighting the utensilers. And then, like, as it seems like the utensilers are getting worn down, there is a, like, series of quick explosions and then one giant explosion. Uh, and they are knocked flying. And then we see this week's monster. Uh... He's amazing. His name is Pineapple Grenadier. Mm-hmm. And he is... Uh, it's... it's He's like a... He has a giant pineapple body, obviously. Um, but his body is also his face. You know how they do that sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the arm... The, the, the face is sort of in the middle of the chest. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. where the person in the suit's actual head is is probably inside, like, the big pineapple stem that's coming off the top. Yes. So he's got, like, a giant pineapple body, um, and his legs seem to have pants on them, but the there's nothing around, like, his waist. Like, they just... It's like they're pants, and they just start at, like, the thigh and go down, and they're, like, camo. Uh, and then he has... Like big, like big, like leafy monster arms, and then he is also strong with like two cross chest, cross face. In his case, I guess, uh, strings of of smaller pineapples, but also that have like pins in them, like mm-hmm. the pineapple, pineapple, they, they're, not they're actual pineapple, pineapple grenades. grenades, but like literal pineapple grenades. Which man, I. There's, there, Dave, there's a lot to love about this. <laughs> there is. Uh, he is also, of course, wearing um, aviators. Yeah. Yeah, which rules pretty hard. Um, yeah, well, uh, with the camo pants, it sort of completes like a pseudo-military look, which for a grenadier... Right. I was going to say, he's a pineapple grenadier. That's his thing. Um, 
So he just like he doesn't have much of a speech. He just kind of rolls in with grenades. So many grenades. Like, like first episode of Go Ranger grenades. Yeah. Um So they're uh they're fighting him. It it goes okay, like at first. Um you know, like there there's just a lot of like kicks and chops. Um I think Chen does get in like one one special move where he sort of like spins around and like he sort of like gets a walk out of nowhere uh, and sort of like spins around in a big circle and then like uses the walk to like launch fire at, yeah. uh, at Pineapple Grenadier. Yeah. Which like is a the, pretty cool move. The walk is sort of like there and then full of sort of like flaming oil. And then he says, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. He said, let's get spicy and just like shoots all the fire at him. Oh, maybe he's like a Szechuan. Maybe yeah. He's like a Szechuan chef. I like that. Um, so, again, like, they get in a few good looks, and then, like, Pineapple Grenadier is basically just like, this is too much. I'm out. And he, like, drops some pineapple grenades, and then he's gone. Yeah. Um, and so they're all, like, looking around at each other like, oh, man. Like, what are we What are we going to do? I have no idea. Um, like, we got to figure this out. We go from there to a very, very nice dining room. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I mean, like, it's it's clearly supposed to be a very nice dining room. It's it's an empty sound set with, like, some red velvet curtains and, like, a fancy table and a giant candelabra. Yes. Uh, and there is some piano music, which I dig. And there are three... Like, three d- monsters sitting around a table. Yeah. Now, when you said this was a very nice dining room, I feel like it's important to note that this is also a very evil dining room. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Red velvet <laughs> curtains. Giant candelabra. Monster. It's clearly... Yeah, this is evil. This is an evil, evil dining room. Right. You can tell that, like, in the next room, like, Dracula is about to ask, like, what is a man? <laughs> The answer, of course, is a miserable little pile of secrets. But in this case, um, they are sitting... So we've got these three um, monsters. And these are sort of the big bads of this season, I think. Or at least they are I, the big bads as of episode 12. I was going to say, like, that's as far as we can tell, like, they're, they are definitely... Right. Like, definitely the deal. Very probably there was a fourth big bad who died in the first episode, and there will be a fifth bigger bad who shows up in episode 22. But like for, a very, very big bad. Yeah. Right. But for now, we've got these guys. Yeah. So, uh... And, and they're looking through their menus, and their menus are kind of like the book that, um... Kome was looking through in the beginning. Like, they're trying to figure out which monster to select for the week. And we, we can see that they have landed on a pineapple. Well, specifically yeah. a pineapple grenadier. Well, okay. There's like a picture of a pineapple and also a picture of a pineapple grenadier. And one of them, I think his name is literally just Pierre. <laughs> um... One of them I mean, his mustache like, would indicate that he would be a Pierre. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a mustache and he is wearing a beret and, like, a scarf. So, like, it makes sense. Um, and and my makeup. So, I feel like they just really kind of went all in. They went so far in, Dave. <laughs> um, uh, but the thing is that these guys, guys aren't from Earth, so I think what must have happened is they... You know how, like, when the Transformers showed up on Earth, like, whatever programming inside of the Transformers that existed, like, made them match whatever was on, like, the vehicles that were on Earth, which is why space robots look like, like regular Earth cars? Yeah. I imagine there must be something similar going on, where, like, they have arrived at Earth... And now they all also are, like, mimicking things from Earth Cuisine. Yeah, no, that would make sense to me. And so uh, Pierre says, like, maybe this ingredient 
will be like strong enough to like to serve our needs or it's something like that um and i'm not okay i think the idea because they're like also like they have like you said we have like big books of ingredients and we saw some of the same pictures with like big X's through them. Right. And like the pig we saw before. But the thing is, on the pages, there's also, un- so there's a picture of a regular pineapple. There's a picture of pineapple grenadier. And then there's a picture of like a big fruit salad, but it's not a fruit salad that's made out of regular pineapples and whatever. It's a fruit salad that is clearly made out of like chunks of pineapple grenadier. Right? Like, it is made out of a monsterized version of that ingredient. So, I I think that they are, like, galactic ingredient hunters? Yeah, like, maybe they're... That are, like, that are monsterizing Earth ingredients... Because they only like to eat monster foods? Yeah. Or maybe they only, like, they need to make the foods to serve, like, their dark, their, like, evil executive chef or something? Like, the only dishes that he will allow on their menu are ones made out of, like, strong evil food? Right, like, you can, you have to, you can, like, glaze an evil space pig but only with like pineapple grenadier like you can't just have pineapple right and but who, like and oh and because they do at one point say like we're gonna try to get this to be our like the daily special so like maybe if like they can get the pineapple grenadier to be part of this dish then it, and it becomes the special of the day. Perhaps that is some sort of ranking that they have within their organization. Yeah, dude. Like, I have no idea. Um, I mean, you don't just yeah, let so anybody the, choose the special, right? Right. Um, so, anyways, so we go we we go from there back to Earth, um, and now we're in the kitchen, and like all the Rangers are there, and they're just like, "Dude, what are we gonna do? Um, like, his explosions are really powerful, like." You know, we couldn't get close enough, and then blah blah blah. blah. Um, and you know. this is the f- yeah, you know how it goes, like, right? Like fairly, fairly standard uh, Sentai stuff. So this is the first time that we hear uh, Masako, Masako, and she is the white uh, Italian ranger, right? Um, again, actually Japanese Italian Italian right. cuisine, and. Like, everybody's talking, like, talk, 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 and then all of a sudden, she just, like, breaks in. I shouldn't even say that she breaks in, because she just sort of, like, clears her throat very gently, and, like, everybody stops talking. So even though she is not the lead, like, because she hasn't said anything yet, so maybe this is sort of like a, oh, man, Masako only says, like, four things an episode. But, like, when she, she does... Right, but, like, when she, when she talks, like, you definitely have to listen. And as she's about to say something, my initial thought is, like, oh, well, maybe, like, she is going to have a great idea because she knows how to cook with pineapples. And then I remember, like, oh, no, she's the Italian chef. And then I thought of the other ones, and it's, like, Chinese, Indian, Japanese, Italian, and French. So... I don't think that this is like a spotlight episode for any of the five rangers because none of those <laughs> right. cuisines are really things that heavily deal in pineapple so far as I know. Right. Like Masako probably featured pretty heavily in like the the poison tomato princess episode. Right. I would imagine. Um anyways, she just says the perfect balance to sweetness is heat. Which I don't like from a shot. Like, from a cooking perspective, I don't know that that's actually true. Right. Like, I mean, the perfect balance to pineapple... It, like, on a pizza, the perfect bina- balance to pineapple is ham. Okay, can I talk for a second? I have seen... I don't know why. Except that the internet is a terrible place. Sure. Except the parts of it that are great. Uh, Like, it has become, like, semi-fashionable to hate on Hawaiian pizza... Guys, can we be real for a second? 
Hawaiian pizza is delicious. Yeah, it rules. Like, Hawaiian pizza is real, real good. And, like, I get that it might not initially make sense. Like, it does seem sort of weird and counterintuitive. But real talk, Hawaiian pizza is very, very good. Yeah, like, I mean, even if you're not thinking about, like, the cheese, sauce, and crust, like, just the sweetness of the pineapple with the salty savoriness of the ham, like... That's a solid combo, my dude. That's a real, real good combo. Like, melon and ham. Actually, melon and ham is a classic Italian combo. So she should have said salty and sweet, but she doesn't. She says heat well, is maybe, the comp- maybe, perfect balance to sweetness. Maybe the writer of the episode is not a great chef. <laughs> I deeply hope that at no point did they ever consult any actual chefs for any part of this show. Um. So anyway, so like, oh man... Like, yeah. So they go down. Like, they're all sorry. They don't, they don't go down. Like, they're in their, like, special kitchen. Uh, they all look over at Chef Kaga. And he just sort of gives them a nod. Like, yes. You have unlocked like, the, the culinary secret. Right, like, this is it. I also I definitely get the vibe that he's like, I knew this already. I was just sort of like... Waiting for you to figure it out, uh, which is great. So they go to another door. They clearly have a a kind of car ranger style base. Like this is a TARDIS base. Like this thing is gigantic. Right. Like far bigger than it seems like it has a right to be. So they go through another door, and there's like a giant under. This can't happen, but like a giant underground greenhouse. Hmm. Um. And they like they walk through and and each one of that like they separate and then they like come back and each one of them is holding like a spicy food from where they cook for. Yes, like something that is culturally appropriate to what their cuisine is. Yeah. So um I'm going to be honest, I didn't recognize all of them, because I yeah, am no, not, I didn't. like, I, I'm not as hot on knowing all of that stuff as I want to be, but yeah, well, you could, okay. I, I recognized enough that I could tell what they were doing. Right, well, that's, like, it's pretty easy, because Chen and Yuriko, who are, uh, remember, Chinese and Indian, they both just come back, and they both just have, like, truly frightening-looking, like, peppers, yeah, the sort of peppers that if you see them in your food and you are me, like, you will definitely have a piece of one of them, but you do not just throw it in that bite. Yeah, so, um, they each sort of, I, I sort of get the feeling that, like, this is part of the episode every time. Um, that, like, they all look at each other, and then we get a cooking montage, like, yeah. they're all back in the kitchen, like, putting together, like, a dish. Right. Oh, and they also all have, uh, like, pineapples at their station. So they are using those spices. Like, they are trying to figure out ways to use the ingredients that they have gotten in ways that will, like, be particularly effective with pineapple. Yeah. Um. So they all sort of, they all sort of, like, present their dishes for tasting. And Chef Kaga, like, he eats them all, and he's just like... And he just... Like, this dude doesn't talk. It's incredible. Like, we have heard him say, like, four words this entire episode. And they were to Kohei at the very beginning, and they were about dumplings. And beyond that, all we have gotten from this dude is, like, stony silence and, like, approving nods. And so he, like, goes, and he tastes each dish... Um, and he just sort of like nods, and that's it. Like clearly, something is happening here, right? Like he is their mentor; he is guiding them in some way. He's just doing it almost completely non-verbally. <laughs> so they all are like, like, okay, you're like, yes, like we've got it figured out now. Um, so they. But now, of course, like, they don't know where Pineapple Grenadier is. So, like, this is... 
it's such like a weird thing in Sentai shows because this happens all the time. But like, okay, well, like we know there's a villain out there. We'll someplace. see it later. Um, and so we just get like a quick montage of them uh, rolling around in a food truck, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, throwback to throwback to Nakamaru. Yeah. Um. And they're like they're rolling around, and they do see like of course like thirty seconds later they see sure. they see I some mean, giant explosions. To be fair, this is not a very difficult one to hunt down. His whole deal is explosions. Yeah, that's that's actually and point. tangy sweetness. Um, dude, I uh, I just picked up just picked up a fresh pineapple. I don't know if it's been a while since he had one. Delicious, uh, David. Like I know you love pineapple. It has not been a while since I had one. I literally bought a fresh pineapple yesterday. Did you really? Yeah, oh, it's great. Um, they've been on super sale recently. Like I don't know if there's like a real bumper yeah. crop of pineapples, but I'm picking up pineapples for like two bucks a piece. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. Oh, I mean, speaking of pretty good, let's get back to this show. <laughs> So they they find him and his many explosions, and of course, like it's him, and it's also a bunch of utensilers, and they hop out. Did we ever actually get a name for them, or do we just call? Or we're we're just calling them utensilers. You know, right? you said utensilers very confidently, and I thought I was just going to roll with it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I think it's. I mean, it's a good name for them. I don't know. I don't remember them actually referencing the name at all, but. Uh, anyway, like the the food truck skids to a stop. They all hop out the back. Um, we we get the henshin sequence again, uh, and this is the first time that we see the red and white rangers henshin, which is, I mean, you know, the, the style is the same, but their costumes are, yeah. it's nice to see them in, I'm sorry, did I say yellow? I meant red and white. Yeah, no, so we get red and white, um, Kome throws up a fish, uh, Misako has a clove of garlic. Uh-huh. Classic. Um, yeah, like, of course. Um, yeah, most people would think it's... I actually give them prompts for that, because I think if they were doing Italian, most people would do a tomato, but they didn't. They did garlic, and I think that's... I think that's good. Um, so anyway, so, like, now the fight is... Now the fight is joined. Um, so they are all using their... You know, like, they're blasting, they're fighting, they've got chef's knives. Um, I, I do like, um, Chen has... Because, you know, they've all got, like, their standard weapons, but then they each have, like, their own weapon. I don't know if we see all of them in this episode, but we do definitely see Chen's, because Chen has, you know, like, what's that Chinese chef's knife called? It looks, it looks like this, it's like the same configuration as, like, a meat cleaver, but it's, like, Oh, no, I know the one you're talking about. It's basically, like, just a very large flat knife, like a big flat square knife. I have no idea what it's called, but I do know what you mean. It's one of those, but it's enormous. Uh, yeah. It's it, and, it's it's like a cloud from Final Fantasy VII size sword, but it's like that kind of blade. I like uh, it a yeah. lot. It's I do really like that. Uh, I also like Hiroyuki has a very large rolling pin, mm-hmm. which is very good. Like it's um, he kind of uses it as like a quarter staff, but then like there are a few bits where he just sort of like. I don't know, like, rolling it over people makes it sound like it's a massage thing, but he's sort of like, if he he knocks somebody down and then sort of uses it to, like, roll across their back and flatten them. Yeah, um, he's got that. Chen has, um, this is actually pretty, I thought this was cool. Normally you see, like, if anybody has a shield, it's a pink ranger, but um, Chen has, like, a big walk shield, which is neat. Um... I don't think we see anything from uh, Kome or Masako here. I think Kome is basically just like doing a lot of punches. Mm-hmm. Um, and Masako is, because like in like White Rangers, are like a little more mystical. Uh, Masako is doing some like, like magic, some magical stuff. Uh, Dave, I think what she is doing actually is that she is restraining the utensilers with like long strands of magical energy spaghetti. Oh because, yeah, like, you know what? I was like, because she, I definitely like, what's okay, Matt. I'm sorry, I saw that and did not put together the idea that it was supposed to be spaghetti. I thought she was just doing like. I'm, like, low-key embarrassed that I did not think of that. Well, it, it works um, especially well in this case because, like, they are utensils. So it's, like, the fork getting, like, wound up in <laughs> spaghetti. And then it's just, like, in this big lump. And it can't move. And it gets, like, rolled down an alleyway. It's great. 
Um, okay, so then, again, like, Pineapple Grenadier is sort of, like, in and out of the scene. They're, like, doing... They're, like, doing some grenade... At- like, he's doing grenade attacks, and they're, like, getting exploded and, like, dropping back and attacking. Uh, and then, like, when it seems like he's, like, a little bit on the ropes, something incredible happens. Um, he's on the ropes, and then all of a sudden, their car pulls up and it's like a henshin sequence right like like there's no way that there would actually be time for any of this to actually happen in the fight but it does happen anyways right the food truck rolls up and like a a table like it like skids to a stop and like a table slides out the back and on the table already set are their dishes. And they all just like run over, pull out napkins, like put them on their laps. Color-coded napkins. I want to be Color-coded clear about Color-coded napkins, this. put them on their laps, like grab knife and fork, say like, itadakimasu, which is like Japanese for like, thanks for the food. They're, and I've, this is incredible. Because like, they're not like the, the mouth part of their helmet opens. It's like a hatch. It's like a hatch. And they all just take, like, a giant bite of whatever, like, they had made and just, like, stand up, throw their napkins away and say, like, delicious! <laughs> and this this has given them the final power they need to press the attack. Yeah, um, so I... So then you see them all, and there's, like, a little animation, like, a little, like, CG, not CGI, but, like, a little color overlay, and they all sort of, like, start to glow red a little bit, because they're all eating, like, spicy food, I guess. Um, and then they all, like, turn around and, like, breathe fire at Pineapple Grenadier. Who, of course, explodes. Yeah, who of course explains. <laughs> no, okay. That, for the, like, almost the first time ever, this actually makes sense because they did expose live grenades to a lot of fire. So it does make sense that they would explode. Oh, yeah, man. Um, okay. So Pineapple Grenadier explodes. He goes down. Uh, the Mater D shows back up, or the front of house guy, and he just says, let's spice things up. But he does say it in English. Uh huh. And he pulls out a like comically large pepper grinder, and he sort of like grinds some some energy power pepper, spice, you know? Yeah. Um, over my apple grenadier, who of course becomes giant. Yes. So now we get to see the giant robot version, or the giant robot for Chef Ranger. Okay, so we see. This is, uh, it's like a vehicles one, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, you mean as opposed to an animals one? Because those are kind of yeah, the, yeah, two, yeah. the two main giant robot Yeah, sorry. It's a vehicles one. It's not an animals one. Um, well, I say vehicles kind of. So um, there is like a yellow, it's like a yellow tank looking thing. Um, but it is also very definitely like like an upside down walk mm-hmm. on tank treads, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, red Comez is like a flying is like a knife, but like a plane. It's like a plane knife. It's a knife plane. It's a knife plane. Uh, the body of the plane is a knife, and the wings also knives. Also knives, and so uh, it's sort of like hot, like the tank. Sorry, the tank, the walk tank becomes the um, body. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the handle of it, like, folds down onto the back. And then, like, the knife sort of, like, slots into where the handle would be. And, like, uh, that... Well, I'll get to it in a second. Um, so, the arm is the green... Yuriko's green arm is, like, a giant mallet. Which is, like, pretty easy uh, to be for an arm. 
Uh, the legs, that's Hiroyuki's. Uh, that is, it is another rolling pin thing, actually. So his thing is one giant sort of rolling pin. It kind of splits in half, and then the handles of the rolling pins flip forward, so that makes, like, the legs and the feet. Uh, oh, and Masako has a pizza paddle, which is also sort of like, it's also kind of like a plain looking. It's a little it's flying like a saucery. Yeah, it is a little flying saucery. And then that, like, okay. And, like, obviously, it's only vaguely a pizza paddle because it is also has to be a, an arm for a giant robot. Right. So, like, cut it some slack. But what I, um, what I do really like is that in keeping with it being the pizza paddle, once this robot has formed, it gets a shield, and the shield is a pizza stone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, like, held by the pizza paddle arm. I, I like it a lot. Um. So then, like, the arms reach up, and, like, the handle that has, like, slotted into the, like, the handle plane, the handle of the knife plane, mm-hmm. it, like, reaches up, and, like, it's, like, animated, because obviously this would be impossible to do. It, like, reaches up and, like, pulls it down. And then there is a head with, like, a giant robot chef's hat. Um, and it's just got, like, its sword is a, is a giant chef's knife. And it's, guys, it's a cooking robot with, like, a pizza stone shield and a giant chef knife sword. Like, Yeah, it's, it's pretty beautiful. It's one, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, so they get into it, man. Like, they get into it with... Uh, with pineapple grenadier and he's like throwing explosions and they are like trying to get in and do some stuff yeah i mean listen this this is episode what we said 12 right yeah so this is sort of the zone of the show where the giant robot fight does not last particularly long yeah so like there's a little bit it gets kind of rocked like there's some explosions and then they finally sort of like you know punch punch slash uh, it's pretty much game over. Um, their, their final attack is not one big, like, sword swing. It's like a bunch of, like, it's a bunch of really quick ones, I guess because the giant robot has really good knife skills. I I mean, yeah. Like, how often do you need to, like... Dude, maybe it changes. Maybe it does Maybe it changes. Like, if they're big fighting a big, tough monster, it's like a cleaver or, like, a boning knife or something. Oh, that would be good. Because, yeah, all we see is that it reach in, like, grab a handle. All we see is the handle, so it could could be whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they do sort of, like, a... You just see, like... Okay, what you actually see is, like, the robot, like, waving the knife back and forth very quickly. And then there's, like, animated, like, cuts that, like, fly towards Pineapple Grenadier. Um, and then Pineapple Grenadier explodes again. Looks like Pineapple Grenadier is blasting off again. Um, yes, okay, so that's the end of Pineapple Grenadier. And and then we see the we see the Rangers and they're back at the restaurant. Like but their actual restaurant. Right, like, like the upstairs secret. kitchen. Yeah. The non-super kitchen. Right. And there is some, like, maybe it's like a Japanese thing. I didn't recognize it. But, like, some sort of, like, pineapple dessert is the special. Mm Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, here's what I don't understand. Are they serving pineapple grenadier (laughs) to their guests? So, one of two things is happening here, right? Either... They got inspired by doing all their, like, pineapple food research earlier in the episode, and now they're doing, like, a pineapple-themed special. Or, there's so much exploded pineapple man all over Tokyo that they're like, man, you know, just let's make lemonade out of lemons here. Like, I mean, listen, uh, you know, margins at restaurants are notoriously thin. If you've all of a sudden got a line on a bunch of free pineapple... right. Even if it was recently exploded, you know, uh, give it give it a shot, man. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so either this is, like, a fun thing where they've learned a new recipe, or they're, like, eating the corpse of their dead foe, which is kind of grisly, but I, I would not put it past this show. 
Uh, so, so yeah, man, that's... It ends on sort of a weird that's note, it. but that's it. That's, that is the 12th episode of, uh, Riori, Riori, yeah. Yeah, Riori Sentai Chef Ranger. Uh, again, we kind of can't get enough of it. Um, if somebody knows where you could get more episodes... Yeah, if there's if you if you know, know where I can find like a, a DVD box set of this thing, I will pay American dollars will, for it. I will 100... I will absolutely pay... Did you say 100? I don't know if I would pay 100. I will go over to Matt's house and watch his $100 copy of <laughs> this book. Um, so, yeah, thanks again to Matt and Mike for uh, letting us know about this thing. Um, yeah, obviously we. I, I don't think we're going to do a creature royale for it. It would be weird. Yeah, well, we don't have other Chef Ranger monsters to compare it to. So yeah. So uh, yeah. So, so I guess I, I, it. I guess yeah. That is going to do it for uh, this episode of On Her Majesty's Secret Chef Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail dot com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Um, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.